Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from OnShot.net. Live poetry reading. Venting about ventilation. It feels like it's August 2020 again in the world of this podcast because for yet another week running I'm not doing my regular episode of If I Were the Minister for Education and I am instead focusing on COVID-19. And uh, if people remember back in uh, summer of uh, 2020, uh, every week or every every few days, there was a new piece of information about reopening schools. And I used to uh, record uh, my thoughts on them and summarise them. And um, it is now May, the, the end of May 2021. And here we are. And the reason it feels like it's August 2020, because... Today I'm going to be describing um, a document that was received um, at the end of the school year, which is around now, uh, which probably should have come in August 2020, if not before, and that's a document around ventilation. Sadly, however, it's come to the very, very end of the school year when most of the population, almost half of the population has been already vaccinated uh, for the government to get their act together to supply schools with ventilation, which probably won't be coming, possibly not even in time for September. I'm going to read uh, the, uh, this is going to be a live poetry reading, uh, but don't worry, there's very little poetry in these live poetry readings of the documents that the Department of Education provided for this ventilation. And why would one document do when you can have six? So let's, without further ado, have a look at these six documents all about ventilation and try and summarise them as quickly as we possibly can. Hello, hello, you're very welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Onshaw.net. This is Simon with another special live poetry reading um, of that um, I do when the government release some sort of important documents or a circular or an agency uh, posts something. And this is a live poetry reading about ventilation. Oh, the excitement is in the air. Or should I say, all the uh, water droplets from COVID-19 have been hanging in the air unventilated up for the last year and it's and the government are only getting together uh, getting their act together to have ventilation possibly in the coming months for schools well i'm very excited to um be able to read six poems that they've produced well six documents where they uh, have described ventilation when one document could have done very nicely so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through all of the six um, documents that the uh, Department of Education released about their plans for ventilation um, and uh, but before I do they gave a little special preview um, of something else they slipped something else through which didn't get much of a mention which was their cleaning costs. And um, but by the, for people who don't know, uh, schools are given a grant every every year. Before COVID-19 and all this, we were given a grant. Um, and, uh, for, and, and that grant basically did, was, the grant that's there isn't for cleaning. It's a, it particularly, it's a caretaking uh, sort of grant. Um, and you're supposed to use it for caretaking, but most schools would try and use it for cleaning. And the trouble with this grant uh, is that the money they give wouldn't pay someone even minimum wage for 20 hours a week. Um, and when you're in a very big school, uh, or even in a very small school, because it, it, again, the the, the cost of the, the, the money is, is depends on how many pupils they have. It's um, 
it's it has been a sh- it is shocking how uh, it's shocking how people aren't you know I suppose been complaining about how dirty schools would be because we just don't have the cleaning staff uh, or we can't afford the cleaning staff. When COVID-19 came in, we got an extra cleaning grant. And for the first time, I think, in all schools, we finally had enough money to clean schools uh, to a satisfactory level, I would suggest. Um, In our first term, we were given our first chunk of money, uh, which I think was €21 per child in the school with a minimum of some some, uh, money. I don't know what it was. Uh, In term two, they decided to cut that by 40% for no reason whatsoever. Um, And now we come to term three, which is the longest term of all. And interestingly... (laughs) We are going to have a look at the document to see what they've done. Um, And they've sent a a document to all schools um, about uh, the um, third term. It's the third uh, tranche of funding for uh, extra cleaning due to COVID-19. And what they've done is they said, well, the capitation is 21 uh, euro um, and 15 euro for PPE. So that's the the fee for um, basically that's the uh, price that they're giving for... um, in enhanced cleaning and PPE uh, per child and interestingly because we have more hour, uh, weeks in term three than we did in term one uh, that's a cut straight away and uh, d- 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 basically uh, that's all page one really says but what they do say as well um, interestingly is they move on to say uh, the, uh, how you can use it it's not, nothing nothing special and um, by pe- then it moves on to an appendix and they adjust, it, I, I don't think you can make this up. Um, instead of, they say on page one, you're getting 21 euro per, per pupil. But then in appendix A, what they say is, well, because schools closed in term two, okay, and we already cut you for term two. They didn't say that bit, but they already did give a cut of 40% in term two. We're going to cut you again. So now your cleaning is down to 17.20 per, uh, per child. And the PPE is down to 12.30 per child. I mean, you really couldn't make it up. They actually have made two cuts to Term 3's cleaning grants. And, I mean, for me, there hasn't been a... I I decided I wouldn't record this until very, very close till 6 o'clock on Friday evening. It's now half past 4 on on, on Friday, and I I hope I'll get this up before uh, 6 o'clock. Not a whimper from anyone. In fact, I waited for the INTO's um, circa weekly little message to come out. Not a tap, nothing, not a thing about it. So really, um, there's a little bit of news for you uh, if you're looking for your cleaning grant and it's noticeably smaller. Most, uh, they've also sent something uh, out that we need to pay back any money we haven't used, uh, to which I think there was a collective <laughs> from every single principal in the country who have uh, uh, spe- uh, uh, who replied by, I wonder if we spent more than the grants that we were given, will the Department of Education be giving us that? Which is basically almost all of us. But anyway, however, um, it really, uh, in a way, bookmarks the year that we've had um, with COVID-19 um, that we have had a pitiful year um, in terms of uh, funding. Yes, the government added extra money but I mean, it was certainly nowhere near enough uh, to keep schools in any way, um, I- I, you know, in any way um, safe enough that you could certainly have called them safe. Um, yes, schools did everything they could, um, we, as we always do, to uh, to to keep things going. But um, you know, I, I I it has to be said, lives were lost 
Uh, maybe not directly uh, in schools, although that did happen, uh, but certainly people went home um, from schools and potentially infected families. Um, we don't have the data, obviously, on that, but it couldn't possibly not have happened if we're if 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 we're if we're absolutely being um, honest with each other. Anyway, I don't want to go on too much about this cleaning grant because it's um, what I want to do is I want to vent and I want to vent about ventilation in particular. And venting about ventilation is not something I've ever done. Um, and uh, I was hoping I'd never have to do possibly, but uh, vent I will um, because the Department of Education have after. Um, I don't know. Um, after knowing that uh, COVID nineteen is um, is an airborne um, virus, uh, it, it's well known since April twenty twenty that ventilation, proper ventilation in classrooms, would be a good is 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 an invaluable tool against the disease. And uh, the government's stance so far it was to crack open an owl window until it got a bit cold. And as and last night in May of 2021, the day before secondary schools closed, by the way, so this is for secondary schools as well, I never really go on about secondary schools, but can you imagine, <laughs> I don't know, if I was the principal of a secondary school and I got this circular the day before my school closed about how they were going to provide ventilation for my school, I don't know. I think I'd be. Uh, I think I'd be quite angry. Uh, we have a. We have another month and a half left of school in 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 primary level. And uh, to be honest, none of this ventilation is going to come into us. Um, is going to come to us before the end of the year anyway. But we do have the circulars on it. Oh gosh, I don't know. Uh, I don't even want to read them. But such is the public service I offer. I am going to uh, read uh, the ventilation guidelines that the Department of Education have have bequeathed us with. Um and um. The the the, the, mad, the the maddening thing about this really is they couldn't um, not only is, is is their tardiness unbelievable when they do actually produce them rather than putting them in, in one document they've decided to put them into six documents and I have no idea why but I'm going to try and summarize them the first is called practical steps for the deployment of good ventilation practices in schools and this document is um, for three and a bit pages long and from what I can gather and I haven't I, I'm running I'm reading these live uh, hence the stuttering around and, and maybe the uh, a more verbose um, episode that uh, than normal uh, I'm not working off a script here um, but they've basically um, I don't know like regurgitated the fact that we were right all along um, by the sounds of things you know um, can we uh, it, the public health was very strange. So the public health guidance for reopening schools and education facilities includes some important general recommendations about ventilation practices in schools. Schools are urged to, and they have three things. Now, this is in May we're being urged to. Consider if room ventilation, especially in classrooms, break rooms and canteens, can be improved without causing discomfort. I, why would they ask that now, you know, when we were screaming uh, about the fact that they aren't, um, they aren't um, good enough? And they need to be improved. Um, that we, we, that's been screamed about all year. The second thing, ensure that wherever possible, doors and windows are open to increase natural ventilation. That's all we have. Like, what else can we do? Um, there's nothing else. What, why would we consider, like, I don't know, um, getting, I don't know, 
testing I, I actually have no idea what I was going to say they're blowing uh, blowing from our mouths to create air ventilation but then you can't do that um, and then increase airflow and ventilation weather permitting like they're the things you that, that was it that, that was all it that was basically it and here are the here are the practical measures keep windows open at break times oh my gosh um, and it says as most schools rely on the opening of windows it's important that windows and air vents can be accessed and opened like, I mean, what, what if you weren't? You know, what, what if that wasn't possible? I'm <laughs> just, it's a weird, it's, it's, it's as if they don't know that schools have no money, you know, like that we do not earn money. It's not like we're selling the children or renting them out to organizations for, you know, RTE documentaries or something like that. The money we get is from the government. That's that's all we get. We get nothing more. Um, it says rooms should be well ventilated before occupancy each day, and this can be achieved by ensuring at the end of the school day, even the windows in each room are opened as wide as practical and safe. And then also uh, considering security issues. And again, like, what do you do if there are security issues? And um, but it's only fifteen minutes anyway. Windows should be open. So basically, it's all about it's like five, six, seven, eight, all about windows. <laughs> everything here is about windows uh, my favorite here is in colder weather any local chilling effect can be offset by partially opening the windows nearest to and above radiators amazing um what else do they have it's like i'm on number 11 um before it stops talking about windows so number 12 says all mechanical ventilation systems where are these what schools have these and any air conditioning systems yeah we've loads of air conditioning systems in ireland should be set to 100 percent fresh air oh my goodness this is amazing um if any corridors or stairheads have no ventilation systems and rely on air filtration from adjoining spaces as every single school does and um, consideration should be given to ventilating these areas thankfully uh we all smashed holes in the walls um and i, I guess I think I don't know what this is bizarre stuff so anyway look um it keeps going on and on about windows and ventilation systems that no school has and um basically then it finally gets to the point um of carbon dioxide monitors which schools have been screaming for um for um for ages um and basically deployment of these measures can be supplemented and enhanced by the use of carbon dioxide monitors with what what money do we have but they have, you know, said, but in fairness to the Department of Education, since 2019, every building has had um, these monitors. And it's like, oh, OK, that's great. So about 10 schools in the whole country have these monitors. So we're, you know, they make it sound like loads of schools have them. Um, but anyway, uh, what is going to happen, they're saying, to support schools further to identify rooms which may have inadequate ventilation and to optimise comfort levels through a better understanding of the degree of window opening required in rooms, the department arranged the provision to schools of a number of portable units based on the size of each school. So they're going to arrange for the provision. Now, I don't know what that means. Let's, let's keep going. So we're getting a bit interesting now. So I don't know. I've had a bit of an event about ventilation. Now they're coming up with something here. Okay, let's find out here what they're going to do. It's based on the size of our schools. These will be provided automatically to primary schools and secondary schools in the free on in the free scheme. I don't know what that means. Is that like normal schools? And on application basis for schools in the fee charging sector. So public, so basically free schemes are 
national schools and then fee-paying schools can apply for them if they want. So the units will be portable and capable of being powered via their own power socket or via a USB cable connected to a PC. They don't sound very powerful if they can be connected by a USB signal, but maybe they can. The units will be provided to school over the coming months and further information and frequently asked questions are available here and there's a hyperlink there. Now, will I... I think I'll click on that link in a minute. Measurements should be made over a minimum of one hour to allow the readings to reach a steady state and to collect a representative sample of data. Air Filtration and Ventilation Centre 2020. Oh, so that's a reference. Short-term or spot measurements are unreliable and shouldn't be used. Okay, so I think we're actually being... We have to measure the air and report that back to the department and then they'll do something, I think. Um, air cleaners, uh, yeah. So where the above measures have been undertaken and poor ventilation continues to exist in particular areas, air cleaners may be considered as an additional measure in conjunction with other methods of ventilation that are available. There is no one solution that fits all scenarios. Each application requires bespoke. Oh, there's that word again. Bespoke. Oh, I do remember when uh, Hugh, um, oh, what was his name? Minister McHugh was going about his bespoke solutions for the reopening of schools. Oh, that was a fun few weeks. Um, so now we have bespoke analysis and selection of appropriate units matched to the specific room size and volume. And if following a consultation with the supplier of school feels that its individual space may require specific... Okay, so basically um, you, you might be able to get air cleaners as well. So effectively what this document is saying is they're going to be providing air uh, these CO2 monitors to schools. Well, let's find out more. That's document number one. Oh, I can't wait. Um, well, the second document is about room air cleaner, so I'm afraid you CO2 monitor fans are going to have to wait for a little while longer because there are two documents about room air cleaners. And one is called Room Air Cleaner Guidance for Schools, and the second one is Air Cleaners, Your Questions Answered. Oh, I have so many questions, but let's find out. Let's, I won't be too long. Let's see. Here we go. So room air cleaners. Now, this document is also about four pages long. And there's the old waffle about how great they are from the start and what air cleaners do. What they do is they can assist in removal control and provide an additional measure of precaution where poor ventilation exists. They should not be used to fully replace ventilation and should be used in conjunction with and to support other methods of ventilation like cracked open windows. No, they didn't say that, but that are available. Some air cleaning units use ionizing processes. Therefore, care should be taken to avoid any devices that produce ozone and other chemicals as there may be a respiratory irritant. Now, that suggests they aren't going to be providing the actual units um, because they're kind of giving guidance on what they should be. Um, they talk about you, 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 ultraviolet radiation technology uses ultraviolet lamps and has been typically utilized in areas such as healthcare settings to sterilize operating theater type spaces. So that's what they're going to do. Um, ultraviolet lamps should not be used to disinfect hands. And I was planning on that. Oh, well, that, there goes my grand plan. Is, is that what they used for hardening nails? Am I, am I, am I right on that, I wonder? Um, I, I often, see, you know, in those nail salons, uh, you see the, the people, you're getting their nails done. They have to put their fingernails under in this thing and there's a kind of a light there. Is that, the, is that what that's for? I, I don't think I'd like to kind of sterilize my hands. It might end up, I don't know, hardening my hands or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. But anyway, um, madness. Wow, that's really interesting. But it goes on and it basically talks about how you should um, you should consult with an air cleaner supplier to match your requirements. So it really, really definitely sounds like 
you know, you're, we, you're, you were not getting, we're either getting some funding, but they're certainly not supplying them to us directly, as seemed to be implied maybe in the previous documents. And um, they can be purchased outright or rented from hygiene service suppliers. So effectively, yeah, we, we, we do have to buy them. And when selecting them, you have to look um, at a few options. And they've divided them to six things, uh, six sections. Matching the cleaning unit to the room which has been located, the efficiency of the air cleaner, filter types in the unit, noise levels, maintenance, and additional features. And then it goes through each one of them. And really, to be honest with you, because so few of us are going to be using these, because by the time I'd say this is going to actually come into action, COVID-19, maybe it won't be a thing of the past, but I, I just don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know if schools are going to want them or need them or use them. But certainly, if we don't get any funding, we're not going to use them or need them. And sure, hasn't the cracked window been grand? Um, I don't know. But it's it's a bit it's a bit strange. There seems to be a heck of a lot of work as well to do. Um, you know, as I as I read through it, it's talking about HEPAT type filters, some noise levels, and you know, they're talking about you know, that we'd have to go for maintenance. And I mean, they're not going to fund the maintenance of this by the looks of things. And um, they're talking about filters and all that kind of stuff. And they've given a little table um, where with three quotes that you, okay, so it looks like you're going to have to go and source it yourself. There is absolutely not a single mention of funding for these uh, air cleaners. So that's that document. I don't know about you, but I have lots of questions. And luckily, they have a document called Your Questions Answered. And here they are. It is ooh, two and a half pages. They're going to, we've told them what they are, so we don't need to read that. The difference between room air cleaner and air purifier, because do you know what? I have been confused. Air cleaners contain high efficiency filters called HEPA filters, and that remove contaminants from air circulated through them, while air purifiers sanitize the air by emitting negative ions, ozone, utilizing heat or with UV or UVC lamps. Now, do you know what? I feel good about myself. I now know the difference between air cleaners and air purifiers. Um, it sounds to me like air purifiers are not what we want. We want air cleaners. So when room air cleaners or air purifiers can be used, oh no, maybe you can use air purifiers, where practical measures for the deployment of good ventilation is probably being undertaken and poor ventilation continues to exist, um, you can consider it. That's not really a question. Number four about UVC. Those ultraviolet radiation, things that are going to harden my hands and nails. Well, I tell you what, I will be open if it does. Actually, if we do get the UVC kind of thing here, uh, to be honest, and it does harden nails, I think we might open a nail salon in our school now that I come to think of it. Hold on. Ultraviolet lamps should not be used to disinfect hands or other areas of your skin. Exposure of the eyes and bare skin, oh, bare skin to UVC radiation must be avoided. There goes that idea of the nail salon. What am I going to do? We need the funding for this. There must be another way. Um, rooms cannot be occupied while direct UVC devices are being This sounds pretty dangerous. Um, right. Do you know what? I think that sounds a bit dangerous. Anyway, number five is about questions about sourcing an air cleaner. Well, they have practical steps in Appendix 1. Did you not see it? Was it well, you didn't see because it's the podcast. But they had three columns for your three uh, suppliers that you would have to find yourself. And it has a list of very broad um, things you'd have to consider. Um, and uh, that's fine. Um, number six, air cleaners can be bought or rented. I, 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 that's the answer, not the question. It's like, oh, maybe this is Jeopardy. Um, why can't so air cleaners can be bought or rented for fifty dollars? I think uh, can't. I, I'll take that one. Uh, can air cleaners be bought or rented? 
Correct, I win. Um, choosing an appropriate air filter. So that's a that's kind of a question as well. Uh, room air filter, uh, room air cleaner selection is dependent on the particular setting and is not possible to give a one size, so we can't answer your question. Air filters, that's not a question, that's a thing. And it just talks about what they are. Air cleaner size and choice, again, doesn't really, it talks about cubic meters. Question 10, using an air cleaner to support natural ventilation. Again, none of these are actually questions. Um, so really, you know, there's 15 points and none of them are questions. And it kind of summarizes the previous document without adding anything to it. Um, the even thing about noise, they don't even answer the question on that one. So there you go. Air cleaners, all your questions answered. Great. Let's let's go on to look, I know, I know you've been waiting as long as I have, and to be honest with you, I don't know if I can hold out much longer. The excitement has been um you know, is is that the excitement, in fairness, is getting the better of me. And I need to go on to carbon dioxide monitors. Um, and there are not just one document about this. Not, not even two. There are three documents about carbon. But, uh, yes, it's that exciting. And one of them is your questions answered. And man, I have a lot of questions about CO2 monitors because I know carbon dioxide. The cool people call carbon dioxide monitors CO2 monitors. Um, so let me uh, see what questions. Well, we have only two and a bit pages of questions about these, you know, because in fairness, they're fairly straightforward, these CO2 monitors. Um, I'll confess, I have seen CO2 monitors uh, in my time, uh, so I know a thing or two about them. But what the question is, well, first question is, what is carbon dioxide or CO2, if you're cool? Well, it's a naturally occurring gas in the atmosphere and is important with regard to the environment and climate. And it's generated by natural processes and human activities. And humans are one of the largest sources of indoor carbon dioxide. Who would have known? And by breathing, the body cells take oxygen to complete a process called cellular respiration. This is like a science lesson here, uh, rather than a Q&A. This is good. And during this series of chemical reactions, the body produces carbon dioxide, which it releases through exhaling. The Department of Education... Sorry, what? The Department of Education advises that all staff should, where possible, avoid breathing where outside oh, now i'm only making that bit up sorry yeah no actually that isn't what it says and um, we can't actually stop breathing so we do have to produce this co2 but because our rooms don't have ventilation this co2 has nowhere to go so they move on to question two which is the best way to deal with carbon dioxide well it's to dilute it with fresh air and if a room feels stuffy open a window and that's it. Um, now they're going about COVID and there's a lot of, oh, if you like acronyms, you're going to love this. CO2 levels and SARS or SARS-CoV-2. In the context of SARS-CoV-2 transmission, CO2, oh, there's so many acronyms. CO2 measurements are not a reliable proxy. Proxy isn't an acronym, but it's a good word. Of risk to airborne exposure to the virus. 
Um, that's from SAGE, um, uh, which I don't know what that stands for. Nevertheless, CO2 measurements can be used to identify poorly ventilated multi-occupancy spaces. Um, however, the, the, the acronyms are coming, by the way. Uh, however, CO2 measurements are less reliable measure of ventilation performance in singular low occupancy spaces or in a very large space. SAGE UK 2020, AIVC 2021. Both the AIVC2 and CIBSE3 advise that CO2 concentrations above 1400 ppm are likely to be indicative of poor ventilation. Oh, what a sentence is that? Oh, wow. Both the AIVC and the CIBSC advise that CO2 concentrations above 1400 ppm. That is a brilliant sentence of nonsense, isn't it? Um, measuring CO2, it is possible to measure CO2 with a CO2 monitor. Then they go on about uh, CO2, the type, different types of CO2 monitors. Well, they say, now I know you had questions about the different types of CO2 monitors like I did. Well, they tell you they come in many shapes and forms. Yeah many shapes and forms and it is important well it does go on that they it is important that they are ce marked now i have no idea what a ce mark looks like but i am potentially thinking if i find a one of these co2 monitors i'm going to look for the letters c and e now i will not mix it up with a claire registration plate of a car I, uh, that is my main purpose. Um, it, it, it will have to be a C and an E and an R. Yeah. Now, if it was made in Clare, there could, that could be problematic if it isn't CE marked. Or maybe that's what they have to be. They need to have been made in Clare, and that's why they've been marked CE. I'm not quite sure. But we also have to make sure that the sensor in the unit is based on non-dispersive infrared, which is NDIR, um, as you know, um, an NDIR technology. Um, now, I'm not sure what dispersive infrared technology is, if there is a non-dispersive infrared technology. Um, but I kind of don't, don't know. It sounds dangerous. I, I presume your remote control, for example, might disperse. You know, you know that you can actually see the infrared, that red light that comes on. I could be wrong on that. But um, it'd be annoying, at least, having this red light going on all, on off all the time, I'd imagine. Every time it goes. But uh, anyway, uh, there, there's, uh, what does it say? Equivalent CO2 sensors, so not monitors, that estimate concentrations based on measurements of other indoor pollutants are not recommended. Very good. Portable CO2 monitors. I say you probably had some questions about these uh, like I did. Whether portable and capable of working from battery and electricity. Now, and many can be powered just like a mobile phone from a USB cable connected to a laptop. Um, so there you go. They're don't you know? So these things are pretty lightweight. By the signs of things, um, they're saying the portable units are very preferable because they'll facilitate measurements in a wider range of locations. Because yes, of course, they're portable. If they weren't portable, you couldn't move them. You know, look, these they, the Department of Education. They think of everything. They do think of everything. Anyway, number seven, the free, frequency of checking the accuracy of CO2 readings. Uh, they go on about that um, they should be made over a minimum of an hour. We, we, we went through this. So basically all the questions are the same questions that were asked in the, in the last document. I really don't know why they've made six documents here. Locating them, locating CO2 monitors. Um, they should be made at least half a meter away from people because we set them off because of our disgusting CO2 emitting bodies that we have by our filthy breathing. Um, so basically, um, we shouldn't be anywhere near them. Um, 
Okay, that's fair enough. Um, and uh, number nine, safe CO2 readings. Um, again, this is full of uh, BPMs and PPMs and SAGEs and SIPSI and all sorts of acronyms. I don't really understand it. Um, so, I mean, effectively, um, I don't really know the I don't know. It doesn't really say. Um, I was just giving a number of what's safe. Uh, the action to take if... Ah, here we go. So what's safe is 14 to 1500 ppm is safe. So your school is safe. Now, there you go. Now, when Norma Foley was probably saying schools are safe back in January, she was probably looking at a CO2 monitor and it was probably under 1500 ppm. And she she that's why she was saying schools are safe. There's the mystery solved. She was in her, 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 her old office with her portable CO2 monitor plugged with the USB cable into her laptop and it was recording figures lower than 1500 ppm. So she must have realised that all schools are safe as a result of that. Um, now, actions on the very, very unlikely event that the CO2 reading is above 14 to 1500 ppm. Like, I get annoyed because I'm a geek um, about this sentence action to take if the co2 reading is above 1400 to 1500 ppm because if it is above 1400 but below 1500 then that sentence doesn't make any sense it's just what if the co2 reading is above 1500 ppm you don't need the 1400 bit because it's irrelevant you know because if it's under 1500 it makes no sense so I am getting my red pen out there. Action to take of CO2 reading is above 1500 ppm. Now, what it says is increase the ventilation by opening doors and windows. <laughs> That's what they said. There's actually no other, there's, there's nothing else. Now, what if your windows and doors are open? That's my question. But funnily enough, it's not in the list. Uh-oh, That's a problem. That's an actual question. Um, anyway, the last thing they have is COT readings in small and large rooms. And it says, in general, the lower the reading, the better the ventilation in the room. I think I've got to guess that. Um, and um, CO2 measurements can be used to identify poorly ventilation. Multi it, and it doesn't really say very much there. Um, so that's it. That's um, that document. That's all your questions answered, which uh, I suppose strikes me as wondering, what do we need? The, um, the other two documents for at all, at all, at all. Well, you'll find out now because it says, what do you need, what do you need to know about your school's new carbon dioxide monitors? Wow, we're getting new carbon dioxide monitors. Let's have a look. Oh my gosh. Well, um, let's see. It's a page long, so it's not, I'm not going to keep you very long. I know I've gone over half an hour. I can't believe I've talked about ventilation for over half an hour. Um, it tells you what a CO2 monitor is. Um, it tells you what it, why it's there for, C, for SARS-2, COVID. Um, um, and it says the Department of Education has funded the provision of a number of portable CO2 monitors for schools to use if they wish. So it sounds like they bought them or they funded them. And the use of CO2 monitors can provide a useful general indication that areas or rooms within a building may not be adequately ventilated. Um, okay, so it goes on. The number of units depends on the size of your school. The monitors will be delivered directly to the school over the coming months. So that sounds like we don't have to source them. The monitors are self-contained and will come preset, ready to go and require no adjustment. So they'll have done their own tinkering to them. And because of 
I'm absolutely not a conspiracy theorist. I'm sure they're going to be set in such a way that we'll monitor them properly because it would be very weird if they were set to be less sensitive. Um, anyway, uh, the monitors are simple to operate. Just to wrap, unwrap them, plug them in, and it starts to work. Great. The monitor is electrically powered and operate in much the same manner as a mobile phone, either powered via a USB cable from a laptop or a computer or from a mains adapter. Monitors only work when receiving electrical power. Now, I can't wait for the schools to come out and say, are you going to fund us the laptop or fund us the electricity cost? Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we will. Maybe we should. Um, anyway, the monitor should be placed at least half a meter away from people. Um, where, have you been in many classrooms? It's, you know, this whole idea, you know, we, we all laughed at the two meters distancing between classroom, between pupils. We laughed again when they reduced it to one meter. Now we're down to 0.5 meters. I know 50 centimeters is not that isn't that much, and we can probably find one place in the classroom beside um, electrical socket where we can, you know, create a di uh, like a radius of 50 centimeters away from people. Anyway, that's uh, that's all. There. It shouldn't be placed near a window, so that's taken away another uh, part of your classroom or ventilation grills. Um, I'm, if you have them. In order to make the best use of these portable monitors, you should be focused to these rooms where, the most where they're most beneficial. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a great sentence. What, what, where else would you put these monitors? I think I'll put them in an empty room where nobody uses them. That's a great idea. But they actually do say that. That is not placed in an idle room or a large, well-ventilated area with few pupils. Oh, for goodness sake. Um, the monitor can provide information to occupants to indicate the levels of poor ventilation and it goes on with a few more acronyms. The monitor gives a digital reading but also has an LED display that changes colour like a traffic light. They have preset specific bands operating in a traffic light style. The lower the CO2 reading, the higher the level of ventilation present and the higher the ventilation dilution effect that is possible. Um, so for information on ways to optimise ventilation, refer to our guidelines, which I've already done. That's it. Now the traffic light style, they didn't quite say what the colours mean. Does green mean everything is okay? Or does red mean everything's okay? My guess is that red means bad and green means good, but they haven't really said that. The final uh, document is school bandings for monitors. Now I think my I, I, this is a very, very short half page of how many um, monitors a school is going to get depending on the size of the school. So basically <laughs> I, like even in the most ludicrous situations, secondary schools are getting more than primary schools. Um, you couldn't make this up really. Um, well, you, you know, but the biggest primary schools in the country are going to get the same number of CO2 monitors as the tiniest of secondary schools. Um, it's astounding, astounding stuff. Okay, so this is what you're going to get if you are, uh, 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 you're going to basically, basically what they've said is this is the number of monitors you're going to get depending on how many number of classrooms you have in your school. Uh, I'm not going to read the list because, I mean, basically if you have one classroom, you get two monitors. If you've got 31 uh, or more uh, classrooms, they, they, you'll get 20 of these monitors. Uh, so you'll have to share them around. Um, if you're in a secondary school, um, for, if you have less than 500 pupils, you'll get 20 um uh, 20 of these uh, monitors. Now, less than 500 pupils, um, I don't know how many rooms that is, but I'm sure it's much less than 20 rooms. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just, I, oh, I just got, uh, 
even for the stupidest of things, secondary schools are, are given um, a better deal. And by the way, special schools are getting 10. doesn't matter what size you are. You get 10. Um, like, I mean, I don't know that many special schools. I know my local special school, and I've been in a few special schools. But these special schools have far more rooms, and a lot of them are far smaller uh, in size than um, mainstream uh, classrooms. I just, I don't know where they do their maths from. It's, it's, it's just amazing. But anyway, there you go. That is, um, that is everything about ventilation. You, you know, I bet you didn't think there was so much to talk about when we talk about ventilation um, and um, air monitors or whatever they're called, air cleaners. Who, who would have thought there was so much to discuss? And here we are at, at 40 minutes chatting away about all this kind of stuff. And um, I hope uh, this has been of some use to you um, at the end of May. Um, granted, it's over a year too late for these monitors. Um, as I said, most people are going to be vaccinated by the time this comes. And uh, I don't know what it's going to achieve, really, except maybe it will prove that we have been in danger, endangering ourselves for the last year. Because what if an air, we bring the air monitor into a classroom and it goes red? I presume red is the bad thing. Like, what do you do? You know, you kind of go, oh, this has been the way it's been for over a year. And, you, and, and the government were so tardy in their response that they've let a year go on with poorly ventilated classrooms, despite the fact that we've been, like people have been calling for good ventilation. I mean, not one expert out there has said ventila uh, ventilation systems were a bad idea uh, and, and were a bare minimum. Uh, cracking open a window was the best we could do. So I'm, I'm not quite sure why the Department of Education are doing this now, uh, given that they've wasted over a year in not providing air ventilation systems or monitors even. But that's the case. And in some ways, are they not making a rod for their own backs here? Because if schools are going to be reporting that they've uh, they've had problems here, then the government are going to have to fund schools with CO2 monitors and air cleaners. And that's going to cost quite a lot of money. It's Again, it's this risk um, of, of things. Now, it could turn out that they were right all along and school all schools are ventilated. And what were we worrying about at all, at all, at all? Um, but yeah... Very, very strange, uh, the timing for this, uh, particularly as secondary schools are all closed tomorrow and there won't be any students in the classrooms to test these on. So I don't know when they're going to do these tests. Um, I mean, and by the time they come to primary schools, I imagine we'll all be finished school as well because will they be, will be asking us to do this in July like when nobody's here. It just seems very odd. So I imagine at the bare minimum, it'll be September before these CO2 monitors could be actually used to test uh, CO2 levels in classrooms and as I said by that stage I think the world I mean look they're talking about stadiums opening um, you know by August and you know uh, indoor events having 200 people in them uh, by that stage you know I mean like you know we're talking about what schools have been doing for the last year and a half of having 200 kids in the one room uh, you know not in the one room but in the one building um, or, or more um, so I, I, I don't know it's very very odd so anyway that's um, that's the summary I, I, I don't know I hope um, I don't know how you could enjoy an episode like this but uh, anyway thanks for 
uh, tuning into it. Um, I've no conclusion other than um, let's hope that next week we can get back to talking about normal stuff. I I've, I still want to talk about, actually I do want to talk about COVID a bit more. I have two uh, episodes lined up. I've, I have them sort of summarised a little bit. Uh, things will keep after COVID-19 and things will throw away after COVID-19 in primary schools. I think it'll be an important one to look at. Um, I also um, have, a, I, I, I kind of want to wrap up uh, the year that's been with a special episode reviewing um, the, the the school year of 2020 to 2021, if I can. So we, we and, and with five weeks of term left, uh, you know, depending on what comes along from the Department of Education, I don't know what we'll get uh, achieved. But look, that's my plan for the next little while. Uh, I'm sure you, I didn't need to share that with you, uh, but uh, there we have it. Um, thanks for listening uh, to this special episode and we'll catch you again next week on Friday and uh, have a good week. All the best. Bye bye.